Interestingly, for every virtue we can actually think of as a child of God, as a Christian, there is usually a personality in the Bible who represents God's idea of that personality. Are we together? Praise the Lord. Are we together? Yeah. I come again. For every, person, for every virtue you can think of as a Christian, when you say, who is the meekest man in the Bible? Who comes to your mind? Moses. So for every personality in the Bible, there's always, for every virtue as Christians, there's always a personality in the Bible who represents God's idea of that virtue. So talking about Abraham, Abraham represents God's idea of what in the Bible? Faith. Of faith, of what else? Of obedience, of what else? Of covenants and the like. So when you make mention of precisely obedience in the Bible, the first person that comes to your mind, if you even go and check online to make research, the first answer you get is what? It's Abraham. The question is, why Abraham? There are so many persons in the Bible. God, at some point, you know, despised Saul for some reasons. David was obedient. There are several other characters. Moses was obedient. But why Abraham, the father of faith? Why is he referred to as the father of faith? Why is he referred to as, you know, the, the one who is very much obedient? In this regard so we are here to look at that so let's start by looking at the book of genesis chapter 12 verse 1 genesis chapter 12 can somebody read for us let's let's we are studying so let's let's take it one step at a time please let's all open our bible to the book of genesis chapter 12 verse 1 so what's verse 1 saying now the lord has said unto abraham Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and from thy father's house. Let's okay. let's wait today. All right. From verse one, it makes us to understand that the Lord gave Abraham an instruction from the very beginning, and in that instruction, if you should carefully look at it, it's just like three in one. See, number one, get thee out of thy country, get thee out of thy father's house despise your relative your kindred so the lord is giving abraham an instruction i don't know how easy it's going to be if the lord just tell mommy zion now get thee out of thy husband's house or thy father's house you know <laughs> the lord cannot say <laughs> praise the lord so as humans okay coming to a practical situations as humans basically they are setting you know principles of life they are setting structures in life which are necessary for you know the journey of destiny to be much more easier there are certain stratification necessary for in the in the race of life to make this journey very much easier one of which includes your country your father's house your relatives these are backbone and people you rely upon for spiritual support while growing up for you know moral advice and all of that while growing up and the Lord, at this point in time, while Abraham was 75, the Lord is asking him, despise this system, despise this structure. And what makes it much more complicated is, the question is, Abraham asking, God, okay, where am I going to? And what was the response? Unto the land I will show thee. That makes it so much complicated for him. If you tell me, okay, I'm leaving Otaku now to Maraba, okay, I have an idea of, where Maraba is, I used to hear that there are rough guys and stuff like that. You can make preparation.
to make the journey much more easier for, for him or for you. But at this point in time, the Lord is asking him to go on to a land in which he is going to show. So from chapter 12, verse 1, let's note that there was an instruction. Can we proceed? Okay. Chapter, uh, verse 2. Yahweh. Praise the Lord. So what do we observe from verse 2? There is now a promise attached to the instruction in uh, verse 1. The Lord is saying, leave your father's house and when you do this, this is going to be the reward. I am going to bless your descendants. You are going to be a father of many nations. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. So there is a promise attached to it. Oftentimes in our life as Christians, at the genesis of every chapter, at the beginning of every journey, be it your educational race, be it marriage, be it your finances, there is usually an instruction from God. And there is usually a promise attached. But as Christians, most of the time, we have our mind to the promises. Yes, the scripture says in Exodus 14, 14, that's what, that's, uh, I shall fight your battle and you shall hold your peace. What, we often fail to ask ourselves the question, what was the condition attached? In Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, I think it also provides for uh, a, a, a promise as well. But it is predicated on the fact that you study, you meditate on the word of the Lord. Also, looking at Jeremiah 29, verse 11, makes several other scriptures. But as Christians, we fail to have our mind to the instruction, but we just begin to claim the promises. So it is imperative that as Christians, aside having these instructions, aside knowing the promises of God for your life, for our lives, the next fundamental question is what should our attitude be like as Christians? So can we look at verse 4 of that chapter? What was the response of Abraham to the instruction given to him? So Abraham departed and the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Praise the Lord. We can see that despite how tough it was for this man, despite how the instruction was, leave everything and go unto a land I will show you. From the very beginning of his life, as at the moment, God's call of Abraham in chapter 12, he just consented without argument, without having to, you know, make excuses. He just consented to the will of God for his life. And that's what is expected of us. That's how we are supposed to behave as Christians. I don't know how many instructions we have received, I have received, you have received, and we have failed to adhere to these instructions. Irrespective of how difficult it is, I think the end of Abraham can tell like that. In fact, it is wonderful to indeed obey. It is wonderful to be obedient. That's just, that's just the story. So another significant chapter to note about the life of Abraham. Uh, let's proceed to chapter 15 okay. of Genesis. Chapter 15. Yeah. Chapter 15, starting from verse 1. Some time later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you and your 
All right, let's, let's stop there. From that very chapter, if you should look at, uh, it said, after something transpired, which was after he rescued Lot, from verse 13, in chapter 13 to chapter 14, he talks about how they departed Lot and Abraham departed in verse 14. He had to rescue Lot for some reasons and all of that. So after that has happened, Abraham had a vision. And in the vision, the Lord made a promise to Abraham. That he's going to bless him, he's going to grant unto him this descendant, and he's going to protect him, he's going to reward him. And what was the response of Abraham? Let's look at the next chapter. What good of what essence will this reward be? Having wealth, having anything you can think of, but yet the Lord will tell like. Abraham did not still have a child. He was called at the age of uh, 75. That was when he answered the call. And he's almost 99 years. Yet, he still did not have a child. Yet, if you should look at the sum total of the life of Abraham, it is one which is filled with obedience and consenting to the instructions of God. He has been obedient from the very beginning. Yet, the Lord, you know, withheld him from having a child at this moment in his life. And what was the response of God? Let's look at the uh, next verse. Verse 4. And the Lord said to him, No, your servant will... Verse 4 or 3. Verse 4. Okay. And the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Yeah. And the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars as if you can. That's how many descendants you Praise the Lord. Instead of God answering the prayer of this man, if it were to be you, if it were to be me and some of us, that's when we'll go back to count our deeds for the Lord. God, at this point in my life, you said I should do this. This was what I did. This was my attitude. But what was the response of Abraham? to the? Instead of God blessing him with a child at this very point, the Lord still made promises to him. Is he promised that he wants he has been getting these promises from chapter 12 down to this very chapter. But yet, the Lord still makes promises to him. If you go on to look at chapter 18, chapter 17, it also is also filled up with the promises of God and the covenants Abraham had with God. The Lord had still not given him a child. But what was the attitude as well of Abraham to the response of God? Let's look at that in the next, which is verse 6. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted some other, so, some, some other uh, version says that Abraham accepted that's the response of God as the righteousness of God. Finding himself in what a situation I'll call like, it, it, it's more or less like a predicament, but yet he decided to see it as God's righteousness. It is the right doing of the Lord. It is the Lord's doing and it was marvelous in his sight at that point in time. There was no argument. He was steadfast. And as Christians, we should also take note, as children of God, we should also take note of the response of Abraham. It is imperative that irrespective of, I don't know whatsoever situation we find ourselves, whatsoever the curveballs, whatsoever the challenges has been, our attitude should be that of remaining steadfast. Because he remains a covenant-keeping God. In chapter 22, the life of Abraham 
and the promises and even till today if you should look at um, verse 18 of chapter 22 precisely that's one of the reasons why we keep on claiming the blessings of abraham each and every morning you wake up abraham blessings are mine abraham blessings are mine it is tied to this very obedience of this man at that point in his life at that chapter let's also look at uh chapter 17 of the book of genesis Yeah, we can start from verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Praise the Lord. You can stop there. I want us to just draw something. If you should look at chapter 12, verse 4 precisely, he started his journey at the age of 75. And in chapter 17, he's 99 years. That's how many years? About 24, 25 years thereabouts. And yet, despite how faithful he has been from the very beginning, if you should just ask God even for a car or for anything, and he just, you know, probably you've not gotten to the answer to those prayers within the period of just maybe one year at most. In fact, ask those women. I've heard testimonies of women who, after marriage, just for a period of one year, two years, they were unable to, you know, conceive. For a period of 25 years, not from when he was born, when he was called, yet the Lord has not answered him. And his life is nothing else but that which has to do with compliance with the instruction of God. I don't know how faithful we are, yet when you ask for this, when you ask for that, and the Lord has not done it, you know, we begin to, Baba, why, this, that, and that. But Abraham remained steadfast. Praise the Lord. So I just want us to note that from the very beginning, his life is just in totality, obedience to nothing else but to the will, to the instructions of God for his life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let's look at uh, chapter 21. From the, just verse 1, chapter 21, verse 1. Praise the Lord. So while Abraham was 100 years, we should go further, you see it. Then the Lord decided to answer his prayer. After several things which has transpired in the preceding verse, you have Sarah even uh, laughing. That is it possible when uh, the angel made the promises to her that I think in the ninth month at this time next year, you are going to have a son. She doubted, she laughed. But uh, in verse 21, it makes us understand that what the Lord answered the prayer of Abraham. From the very beginning, looking at all that has been said, he was called, he obeyed. In fact, I would say Abraham was, to some extent, uh, he was kind of meek. When the men of Abraham taking care of the cattle had issues with Abraham, and they decided to separate Abraham and Lot, Lot decided to choose the best of land with waters close to the Jordan River to enable him, you know, you know, for the farming purpose and the grazing of his cattle and all of that. It was his brother, but yet, if it were to be some of us, even with our siblings, we might have picked offense. But what makes it much more interesting is that if you should now look at chapter 15, when Lot was held captive, still Abraham went ahead to rescue him. Also in chapter 20, thereabouts. He interceded 
just because of the prayer of Abraham and the conversation he had with God, pleading with God that, God, please do not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot, his nephew, was rescued just as a result of one man conforming to the will of God for his life from the very beginning. At this point, in addition to answering to the call, he, he, he was a good man. Going further, you also see that uh, the summary of his life is a compendium of the obedience to the will of God. Then after all of this, what was the response of God in chapter 22? Let's get to see what chapter 22 provides for. Chapter 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after this thing. And it came to pass after this thing. I just want to be here. That God did what? That God did what? That God did what? Tempt Abraham. In the book of Matthew, the devil himself tempted Jesus. In the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, the devil tempted Adam and Eve. In the book of Job, the devil himself tempted uh, Job himself. But coming back to the life of Abraham, despite how humble this man has been, despite how obedient this man has been from the beginning, the Bible said that God himself indeed tempted Abraham. Is this the way to pay me back, Lord? What was the temptation like? Let's proceed. Let's look at verse 2. Praise the Lord. One of the gifts in which this man has waited for throughout his life, after obeying the Lord all this while, the Lord is now coming to see that he should kill his son. What explanation is he going to give to Sarah that she's going to listen to him? Ah, sweetheart, I killed our son. Uh, who asked you to kill it? Uh, it was the Lord that said I should kill it. I wonder if any man you know, comply to such instruction or, you know, in this our dispensation. The next thing you see is on Twitter the next morning, Insta blog, Tundead Note and all of that. You get to see all of that. But there is this man who is still willing. Despite the fact that he waited throughout his life at the age of 100 was when he was able to have a child. Yet the Lord each and every day keep on making promises to him that you are going to have descendants as the stars in the sky. Yet the Lord, this same God, is coming to tell this man that you should offer your only son, not just your only son, whom you desire so much as a sacrifice. You should go onto the land, the mountain, I'll show you. Praise the Lord. What is careful evaluation is, what was the attitude of Abraham to the instruction of the Lord? Let's proceed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Abraham rose early in the morning. He did not just wake up in the morning, but what? Early in the morning. To show you how willing this man was to honor God. There is timing to obedience in our life as Christians. 
Some of us, we've received certain instructions over time, years ago, even to dates we are still yet to. But the Lord speaking to this man, despite how this was difficult for him, he still rose up, not just in the morning, early in the morning. Some of us, we are practitioners of selective obedience. We choose what suits us. We choose, we choose. If it does not suit you, you just let it lie. The one you can manage to do, you get to do. If we must indeed be an idea, if we must indeed reflect God's idea of what it means to be obedient as envisaged in this chapter, we must be willing to give all, irrespective of what it takes. He is the one, he's the giver of all things. He gives and he takes. So there's nothing that should be, you know, so difficult for the one who is ever ready to provide that same thing. So Abraham did not hesitate at this very point in time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, let's proceed. We can move to verse 6. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Despite the whole situation, this man was still, I don't know the realm he is at this particular point in time. His son spake unto him, saying, Father, where is the lamb? And what was his response? The Lord will provide. Did the Lord indeed provide or he didn't? He did. So this is also a reflection of what our attitude should be like. Hallelujah. Let's proceed. Let's just stop there. Let's just stop there. Praise the Lord. And in essence, Abraham complied. He wanted to kill his only son, whom he loved so much, just because he was willing to what? To comply with God's purpose, God's will, and God's instruction for his life. More often than not, society will see upholding virtue as foolishness, will see it as weakness. But it is important to always remember that we ought to live as strangers. We ought to live in complete obedience. Hallelujah. We ought to live as what? We ought to live as strangers. Hallelujah. Then looking at the response of the Lord, when Abraham wanted to kill Isaac, then the Lord appeared, uh, the Lord spoke through the angel saying that what? He should stop. 
It was at this juncture that the Lord now said, Now I know that you indeed, you know, you indeed love me. Now I know that you indeed respect me, you honor me, and you reference me. And for this reason, if you should go on to evaluate uh, verse 18 downward, it talks about God promises. This man has been obedient from the very beginning of his life. Yet the Lord is saying, it is now that which seems to be the epicenter, which seems to be like the, the bedrock of yourself what that which is always happy about it was at that point whereby he was able to submit his son willing to sacrifice that's when the lord now said now i know that you indeed obey me now i know that you indeed fear me a man of god once said that as believers more often than not that we'll get to a stage in our life or a chapter in our life whereby uh, the epicenter of our self-worth uh, self, self will be tested. Just last week, Sunday, Pastor Iyadibi also made reference to the same thing. He was a professor of mathematics, yet the Lord demanded that he step aside just for the works. He also told us a story about how he became the general overseer. The Lord said that you all should empty your accounts, and it was just in compliance. Some of us, we just probably have about 50,000 in our accounts right now. If the Lord should just see how far all of you empty your account now, I know how we are going to feel. But yet, there was this man who was willing to consent to the will of God, irrespective of the status quo. Praise the Lord. The next fundamental question is what does it entail to live as stranger, taking into consideration the scriptures we studied so far? First and uh, from okay, who is a stranger? Can we just quickly profound that when you say someone is a stranger, what do you mean? Someone who is not a native of that place. What does it mean to live as a stranger from what we've been saying so far? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Any other addition to that? All right, let's just proceed. Um, from the book of Genesis we've studied so far, when you say living as a stranger, first and foremost, uh, or the question in other, other words is, uh, who is a stranger? In this context, a stranger is someone whose first point of fellowship is God and not results. No a foretaste or a glimpse of what the end looks like. It's someone whose first point of fellowship is God and God alone. What is the instruction of God for my life? And willingness to adhere, to be steadfast, irrespective of the status quo. Also, a stranger is a vessel who sees all tests, trial, and temptation as God's righteousness, just as Abraham did in the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verse 6. Also, is a person who is always ready to embrace God's instruction alongside his promises. It is not you neglecting the instruction and claiming the promises. You are able to hold both in tandem. Praise the Lord. That is ascertainable in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. Also, a stranger is a person who is not a captain of selective obedience? You know, do the one way you feel, the way they easy for you. You do it the way it is. 
complying in totality with God's instruction, irrespective of what the situation looks like. Also, he's a man who has the gifts of patience and, and faith. We can indeed say, despite the fact that in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it provides for the fruit of the Spirit, of which uh, patience is one of them. Even in the Old Testament, there's a man called Abraham who has been able to exercise this from the very beginning. Because it only takes a man with patience and with faith to be able to listen to those kind of instructions and to comply without complaining. Hallelujah. Amen. When we key into the will of God and the instructions of God for our life, we can never remain the same. There is always a reward. So what are the benefits of, what are the benefits of uh, obeying God's call and instruction for your life? Looking at the book of Psalm 24, verse 1, it makes us understand that the earth is of the Lord and is what? And is fullness. If the earth is of the Lord and is fullness, then what else are you looking for? We should indeed be able to consent to his will and his plan for our life. Also, blessing is commanded in the place of obedience. We don't need to go far. Even right from the book of Genesis, we can see the blessings of Abraham in which we still continue to cling to today. It was just as a result of the obedience of this young man decades ago. That's why you wake up to sing. Your children, children will still continue to wake up to sing Abraham blessings are mine. Just because they were able to conform, he was able to conform to the will of God for his life. Also, you and all attached to you will be blessed. Even those who are connected to you. If we should observe, looking at the life of Lot, as a result of going with Abraham in chapter 13, it was made known that the Lord blessed Abraham. That's in verse 5 and in verse 9, there about the Lord blessed Lot. They both had cattle and they had lands. And they got to a point whereby uh, their men began to have issues and they needed to separate. I can boldly say that it was as a result of him being connected to Abraham and Abraham being connected to the will of God. That's what actually necessitated his him being prosperous. Because if you should look at the next um, chapter, chapter 14, when they separated, <laughs> where was the next place uh, Abraham met him? At Sodom and Gomorrah, where he has been held captive, he had to go and rescue him from there. If we should also look at chapter 20 also, he was about to be destroyed. But it was as a result of Abraham's obedience and compliance to the will of God. That's why he was able to succeed. So even those who are attached to you will be blessed. So in summation, it should be noted that we should learn to uphold the instruction of God for our life because you can't talk about obedience in the first place when you don't have instruction. You must be able to win. In fact, some of us are in a position and a place in our life whereby we even think we are obeying. We think at this moment we are obeying, but actually we are not. We should be able to get the instruction, the will of God for our life, and be able to go on to obey without hesitating, without complaint. God's blessings and glory is not made manifest in our life because we need it. Not because we are Christians, not because your father is a pastor, not because your mother is, you know, one. But it is made manifest in your life as a result of your compliance to the instructions and your obedience to the will of God for your life. And also prove to God that you indeed honor him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen.